All right. Assemblyman Vince Fong, welcome back to the uh, the Sammy Hour. Yeah, this is the second time. Second time. The first time I had him on was July of 2020. That was an interesting time. It was an interesting time. That was the beginning of the pandemic. We were in the middle of a pandemic. I was bored. Um, I think my cousins I came out to visit, and then I had set up that the interview with you with you, and I was like, all right, that's right. We're gonna, we're gonna get this done. That that was a fun episode. It was a fun episode. You were the first politician to be on. Was I? You kind of started like a trend. All right, all right. All right. Trendsetter. So, yeah, trendsetter. So it was you first, and then it, I had the mayor on. That took, right. a, that took a little bit of, uh, that was like a year later. So, you okay. know, I had to, you know, kind of wait. And uh, I had Congressman McCarthy on. That's right. So, you know, it's you You were the trendsetter for the, for right. the politicians. Well, I laid the groundwork for everyone else. Yeah, but how, I mean, how have these last two years been for you? Uh, the last two years have been crazy intense. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, when, when you decide to run for office and enter public service, you know, you, you think it's going to be... Um, you know, stressful. You, of course, you want to, um, you know, tackle a lot of issues. I don't. I'm not sure I would have imagined uh, a pandemic occurring, and then, of course, all the the crises and all the the challenges that cascaded mm -hmm. after that. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, the the pandemic was uh, a huge um, uh, challenge not only for us as a state but for us as a nation and as you know around the world. But then. You know the challenges with schools, the challenges with you know medical advancements, and trying to get uh, access to medical care, and then you add in you know the supply chain crisis mm -hmm. that that um, that kind of spurred off of it, and then now we're dealing with inflation and economic uh, uncertainty, and then you know we're now we're in the midst of you know the third year of a really massive uh, intensifying drought, mm -hmm. and then we have wildfires now that that are. Um, that are burning uh, throughout California. I think in Mariposa is is the is the, the big one right now. Mm -hmm. So you know it kind of reminds um, uh, myself and, and others, right? It's like, you know things are aren't slowing down. They're just we're we're kind of acclimating to mm -hmm. all the issues that are that are right now occurring in society. Well, yeah, I agree with you. It was like definitely one of those things. I mean, we thought it was only going to be like a two week thing. And then two week thing. Yeah, I mean, bending the curve was yeah. the, is the was the phrase. And now it's like a two year thing. And then you just you saw so many. I don't want to get ne negative or anything, but you just saw so many different. It, it was a domino effect for yeah. a lot of different other things. Well, everything was kind of uh, intertwined. You know, yeah. when you had uh, the pandemic, you know, a lot of time focused on on talking to, um, you know, to our our doctors and to public health, and and then, but of course, then you 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 know when 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 schools. Um, were affected, you know, then a lot of time was focused on like, you know, usually broadband and mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, of course, workforce issues, um, you know, when we were pushing for schools to be re reopened, I mean, it was an important need, like mm -hmm. this, this was coming from superintendents and principals and teachers, you know, they, the, you know, we were clearly, um, you know, seeing the impacts to, to, to kids and to students and then, you know, consumer behavior change, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, people were buying things uh, online um, and they were having them delivered uh, to their homes and to their businesses. Well, that created a stress in the supply chain because mm -hmm. now all these containers uh, were being, um, were coming into the United States and 40% of uh, the, the goods and products that come into the United States, not just California, comes through um, the Port of Long Beach mm -hmm. and the Port of, uh, you know, and, 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 um, and, and in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. So then you're like, okay. And then, um, you know, so then we're looking at that and, and now we're having huge conversations about, you know, laws that were passed, um, 
you know, years ago, AB5 being the, the, the biggest one that kind of limits the ability of, of individuals to be independent contractors. Well, that has a huge impact uh, to our trucking industry. Mm -hmm. 70,000 independent um, you know, truck drivers uh, are in California. They provide, they're 70% of the workforce um, when it comes to the truck drivers uh, taking containers out of the ports. Mm -hmm. So now what's happening, right? We, we're, we're now dealing with a supply chain crisis with the containers and the need for more chassis and, and, um, and we need um, to improve the flow out of the ports into warehouses. But then the a critical component of that is truck drivers. Mm -hmm. And now we've got this um, potential law that's going to limit uh, and exacerbate the truck driver shortage that we have right. that um, is only going to make um, you know, our supply chain um, um, even even more stressed. Well, do you, it's it, like with those containers um, that you were talking about earlier, like you still have some of those containers like out in the sea that haven't been um, brought in yet, right? Yeah, they're, they're, they've been pushed out further out oh, into, wow. into, into, the ocean, into the ocean. Now, the the containers, the, the ports have done. You know, they, they've they've uh, addressed um, the container issue as best as possible, but you know, they need more. Uh, open space. Mm -hmm. um, the the problem is that you've got all these containers that have been um, uh, uh, removed from these ships, and they've been placed on the ports. And now we're trying to get those containers to the warehouses, and then from the warehouses to uh, the stores and to you know people's homes. Mm -hmm. um, and so so it's a chain. So you were just moving the choke points from um, from from point to point. So. You know, we have to deal with the truck driver issue and the, mm -hmm. and, and the need for more truck drivers. We have to deal with um, the warehouse issues, uh, trying to align the hours. Some of uh, like port of the port of Long Beach, for example, you know, they are um, really pushing to try to go twenty four seven to have a twenty four seven operation. But you know, if the ports go twenty four seven, you need the warehouses to align their hours, yeah. right? So if I'm a truck driver that picks up a container um, at the port of Long Beach at like 10 p.m., I have to have a warehouse that's open at 10 p.m. To, 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 mm -hmm. to drop off that container. So, you know, aligning those hours, um, it's gonna be critical. Warehouses are short um, uh, staff as well. So there's open warehouse jobs that we need, um, especially if they go um, extended hours. And then we need more rail capacity. So, if, you know, there's a lot of uh, congestion, you know, in, in the Southern California area because of, of uh, truck traffic. So if we were to, to be able to expand rail capacity, that would take trucks off the road. And we need it all. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. We need to figure out um, how we improve the entire distribution um, uh, throughout the state of California. So that's one of those things that has a lot of moving parts, that whole truck thing, with the warehouses and, and, and the containers. They're all connected together. But it's like one of those things, if you can figure it out, whether it's extending the warehouse hours and, and, and hiring on more staff, if they go 24 seven, um, could something like that boost the economy? Oh, our, our entire economy is dependent on a very efficient supply chain. And then the, the other component to the supply chain issue is, um, is data mm -hmm. and, and making sure that all the systems within the ports communicate with each other, that uh, you, know, you don't have a truck driver that's waiting you know, four hours you know, for a container. Right, you know, right. the, the faster you can get, um, you know, trucks in and out of the ports, uh, the faster the containers uh, can move out, the more efficient um, the entire system is. And so, you know, not that we're, the, the supply chain is, is um, 
uh, you know, I don't want the, the podcast to be dominated by a supply chain conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but I think it's one of those, one, it, the supply chain crisis is one of the big issues that uh, affects everyone's mm-hmm. um, daily lives that is not getting the attention it deserves. Because it, if we don't fix the supply chain, there's going to be a shortage of, of goods and products at the store. So when we all go mm-hmm. to the grocery store, Everyone's like, why, why are the shelves empty? It's like that right now, it's, too. It's, it, the shelves are empty because we need to get those, uh, we need those products into the store. And if there's a shortage of products, well, there's, I mean, we're dealing with record high inflation, 40, I mean, the 40-year high. Uh, well, the price of goods are only going to go up if the supply chain mm-hmm. issues worsen. I mean, we talked about, uh, people probably um, um, read the stories about how there wasn't enough baby formula you yeah. know, around, um, you know, months ago. And that in part was driven by a, a, a closure of a of a, um, a factory in uh, Michigan, but it, it also was affected by supply chain because you didn't have, you know, uh, uh, people couldn't get the containers and the packaging mm-hmm. for those for those for those uh, for those products. So now you know when you can't find baby formula or or you know there's you can't find your favorite like cookie. Um, brand in the stores now you know why because it's a supply shortage. It's, it's a supply shortage. crisis actually it's, it's a crisis i mean yeah. you, you, you probably people drive around town and they, they notice all the um you know the the, the um you know the, the you can't get a car can't, yeah. you know if you're a trying to get place. if you're going to a, a rental place or you're trying to buy a new car mm-hmm. or a used car um you know the the you know the lots are, are empty the car lots are empty and it's because you know there's you're trying to get product to the to the um uh you know, to the to the car lots, but then there's also an issue with manufacturing, which is you know those microchips have to go into the cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if the car is not complete, you can't sell the car, and, and that again, a problem again, no problem again. <laughs> a world for it, man. It's definitely a crazy time. I mean, do you see it being figured out soon, or do you see it like it's going to take? We some are time? we are working our way through it. I mean, yeah. that, that's the thing that all these crises are so large. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times. You know, um, you know, we we try to figure out like, okay, where do we start? Mm-hmm. And f- for someone like me, it's like just you know, we just got to take the first few steps. You know, let's let's take a bite at the apple. Um, yeah. Let's address uh, the immediate issues, and then you know, continue to work uh, through it. So when it comes to like, you know, the wildfires, the, the the you know, preventing wildfires and the wildfire situation that we we have, like we have all these dead and dying trees uh, in the forest, and we have to begin. To, to fast track a lot of these projects to remove all those fuels mm-hmm. out of the forest. And, you know, it's a daunting task, mm-hmm. but it has to be done. I mean, it's, and it's such a large state, and with that, you get a lot of different things you have to address. And with that, you have a lot of different problems that arise, too. I mean, with that being said, I mean, what's your, what's, what do you like most about serving and representing California? Well, you know, I think that for me, you know, public service is a you know, it's a noble profession. We are a whole system of government, the way, the whole idea of community service, you know, you don't have to be elected uh, to be a community leader. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be involved in your church or an organization or a nonprofit. Um, and, um, but, you know, clearly, you know, we need people to volunteer and, 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 and sacrifice their time and, and, um, and their resources to, to, of course, give back to the community. And you know, serving as an elected official is one of those mm-hmm. things, and a lot of people are called to do it for various reasons. And and for me, like when I ran for the assembly, you know, we were dealing with you know so many challenges when it came to like our major industries. Yeah. So the energy sector and and our ag industry, 
for dealing with a lot of issues um, in Sacramento and still continue to. Um, I think they've, they've kind of uh, gotten more intense with the drought intensifying and, and, um, and, and some unfortunate laws that have been passed. But you know, to have effective voices um, advocating for our community is really, really important. And so, um, you know, I think that that's even more important now than ever, especially when we're dealing with uh, a, chaotic, a chaotic yeah. situation. In times of chaos is actually, in, in some ways, the best time to serve because you're, you can, you, you in some sense, have the biggest impact versus you know, a time when everything is, is relatively calm and, uh, and you know, I think it's, it's kind of, you know, all the dust has been settled. And I think that's when you really feel the pressure. You feel the pressure to work with people so you can, I don't know, like perhaps, you know, like try to pass a good law or something or try to advocate for a good cause. Cause like when you, when you're experiencing a crisis or something, like you really feel like, all right, I got, we got to figure this out. And so yeah. and someone like, it's just kind of like a, like, you know, calm. It's like, you know, you can kind of like sit back and you don't feel like as much of as, as an urgency when there's a crisis. Well, urgency is, 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 is that's the, that's, that's the word right now. Mm -hmm. like there it needs to be a sense of urgency. Um, the public is demanding it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so that's what we're trying to, to kind of balance mm -hmm. is that you want the right solutions at a time when, but you want to do it as quickly as possible. Right. Uh, and that takes a long time in politics. That doesn't usually work out. Well, you know, and <laughs> our system of government is, is, is not designed um, to to uh, to move as quickly as as, mm -hmm. as everyone expects, and that's on purpose, right? You know, I mean, you don't want you don't you, know, you don't want things swinging, you know, the pendulum swinging all the time from from side to side. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, you know, um, at a time of crisis, it's there is the need to bring people together um, uh, that kind of set aside, um, you know, a, a lot of the differences and like, okay, like what's what is the solution? What can we agree to right away um, and begin to move um, you know, the ball down the field? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, uh, we, we're kind of entrenched right now in, in the way that we communicate with each other and the way that we try to solve problems is that, you know, we kind of, we're kind of pulled to the, to, um, uh, to the extremes and we need to be kind of finding a way to like, you know, address the, the, the needs of everyday people. Mm -hmm. Man, that's not, that's not an easy thing. I mean, I mean, not to get off top, topic, but I mean, I, I'm assuming you work more than 40 hours a week when you have to handle all these different things and meet with all these different people. I'm always working, and and then that's you know, look, I I've been very blessed to have this opportunity. The mm -hmm. the public loans, um, you know, the power of 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 the people to an individual to be their advocate, and mm -hmm. so um, this is a, a, a solemn responsibility. Um, that that I have, and, and of course, anyone who's elected mm -hmm. has. And so, you know, I I wake up every morning trying to figure out, okay, what are the what 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 solutions can we get implemented, um, and build those coalitions. You know, I'm constantly talking with other legislators, uh, trying to understand, you know, their their objectives and their goals in their communities. Because mm -hmm. you know, um, certainly I, I represent the Central Valley. We have legislators in that represent LA, San Diego, Orange County. It's a big state. Uh, the area, uh, Northern California. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there, there is a growing consensus on a lot of these issues, like when it comes to like homelessness, when it comes to wildfire prevention, when mm -hmm. it comes to um, supply chain. I mean, there's, there, there are, there is consensus growing. Now, there are differences, there's still differences that we're trying to work out, but at the end of the day, 
you know, we have to show um, the public that we can actually govern. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and you can find that, have you found that to be a harder, a hard thing to do or like somewhat like it becomes easier the more and more you like are in politics? Because you've been at this for about six years now, right? Uh, six years of my- uh, In the assembly. I'm finishing my sixth, my sixth year, my third mm -hmm. term. Uh, it depends on the issue. I mean, some issues are uh, certainly more challenging than others. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, a lot of the problems and a lot of the issues that we try to tackle are not partisan. You yeah. know, they're, they're geographical, um, urban versus rural. Um, you know, when, we, when we're talking about, like, we, when we talk about homelessness, for example, mm -hmm. I mean, that's an issue that you're very, very familiar with. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that uh, is, a, is a combination of, like, a political will as well as uh, making sure that the resources that we're, we're putting into solving it is used effectively. Mm -hmm. And then actually, like, measuring whether we're making a difference um, and and reassessing. I think that the, the one thing that we have a hard time doing is, is you know, looking at it and having an honest assessment of like, is it working? Mm -hmm. If it's not working, then we need to, we need to you know, pause and maybe reevaluate. And we don't do that enough. Uh, and I think that's something that, that is, um, exists in, in, you know, every single issue that we're, that we're dealing with. But um, if, we're, if we're continuing to invest resources in the problems getting worse, you know, maybe the strategy that we're, we're, we're undertaking isn't working. I mean, they do, they do say um, complex problems require complex solutions. I mean, and that's, homelessness is something like, is an issue like that. Um, you have inflation that's an issue like that, pandemic. I mean, it's just, it's all, there's, it's, it, it, it's not just one solution that can solve it. I feel like it's like many different sure. laws and solutions and people advocating and working together to end up, you know, solving a certain problem, especially well, with big things like that. Absolutely. Well, it's a combination of solutions. Yes. I mean, there isn't one solution that's going to solve everything. It's true. Uh, you know, there's, there's different... That would be nice, but... <laughs> yeah, it would be nice. <laughs> it make your job a lot easier. There, there's various <laughs> components uh, of, uh, of that, but, you know, like, you know, when it comes to like, homelessness, there's a number of different factors that we're trying to tackle, you know, whether it's, you know, someone being able to afford a home, those who have, uh, you know, uh, mental illness... Um, mm -hmm. And need access to care, uh, drug addiction prevention services. You know the foster care system needs to be addressed. You know uh, we have uh, those who you know probably need uh, access to jobs and careers. And so those, all of those uh, areas have their own solutions that would go into dealing with homelessness, but also preventing homelessness mm -hmm. from happening in the first so, place. So some are intertwined together. Yeah, all, all intertwined together. Okay. And when it comes to like, you know, wildfire prevention is like, you got to deal with the immediate, removing mm -hmm. the dead nine trees, but then you've also got workforce issues. We need more foresters. We need more partnerships with fire departments and, uh, and, and other um, fire safe councils and, 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 and group organizations that can go in and help, um, you know, manage the forest. Then you've got to rebuild like mm -hmm. a, a lot of the industries. Whether it's you know, do we need um, you know uh, you know more biomass facilities that could process these trees? We need more um, uh, logging infrastructure so that uh, these trees can be um, uh, can be used for other products. And so we have to do all those things, and then we need to reforest uh, those areas. So we've got a lot of uh, forests that have um, been devastated, and so we've got to plant. <laughs> more trees mm -hmm. and we need people to do that we need and we need infrastructure to do that so you know that's that's the wildfire component initially drought you know we need to build more water infrastructure store and more water storage 
Um, we need to empower the cities to, to do more recycling and wastewater treatment facilities and, and other infrastructure. Um, and so all of those investments have to be done, um, uh, you know, to, to kind of deal with that as well as, you know, um, you know, storing the, the, the water that mother nature blesses us with. Mm -hmm. So, oh, you have a, a lot of knowledge and like understanding about these different types of things. Now you're in the assembly right now right. in Sacramento. Do you, do you see yourself, you know, um, perhaps being, um, like working for the, or representing California in the federal government, like perhaps like a congressman or a senator or even like on the state level, like as a governor, do you ever see yourself staying in politics for a while? Uh, yeah, that's an interesting question. I get, I, I get, I get asked that a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what the future holds. Right. I mean, I, I think that um, I think maybe I've said this in in, in another podcast or maybe one uh, in early, the one that we did before. But mm -hmm. you know, uh, if I do my if I do my job well, mm -hmm. um, you know, there will probably be opportunities that present themselves in the future. But you know, everything right now is is focused on doing the job um, that that I currently have and trying to solve the problems and then. No, if 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 other people think that I did a decent job, then maybe there's an opportunity in the mm -hmm. future. Mm -hmm. But you're not necessarily forcing something. You're, no, you're focus on the tasks you have. No, now. those that I think look to the future all the time, you know, kind of get you know, they kind of get boxed into you know, I'm going to do this for, for because it's mm -hmm. going to help me in the future, and, right. and and that's that's the wrong way of approaching um, problems. I think if 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 you're just solely focused on the job at hand. Uh, every two years, I have the opportunity to um, to serve, assuming the the public, um, uh, you know, votes of me in. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, we have uh, I have the ability, hopefully, to serve uh, in, uh, moving on after November, um, and then you know, we another two years, and you know, hopefully, um, we'll continue to. Um, improve the lives of people in Central Valley. Right, and now you're up for re-election right now. Up for re-election. Uh, and that's usually a stressful process for many politicians, but luckily for you, you're running on a post, so uh, you, I, you have that for you, right? I have that going for me. So I, I do know, I have some certainty moving forward that mm -hmm. uh, in November, um, I'll have the opportunity uh, again to uh, to serve the community. So um, the community, I I love this community. This is my, this is the, the the place that I was born and raised in, mm -hmm. and so you can't ask for a better opportunity to, to represent the area that, that you grew up in. One hundred percent. I mean, like when I went to college, people would be like, "Where where, uh, where are you from?" I'd be like, "Bakersfield." And everyone would snicker and kind of laugh. They'd be like, "Oh, there's no beach there. It's so dry there." I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, you guys are right, but I mean, Bakersfield is a really unique city. You oh know, yeah, working people, a lot of history here, and uh, I mean, uh, there's it's just it's you can tell it's rich with with people's values and people's work ethic." And people want to do the right thing. I think that's what make, makes Bakersfield so oh, Our community is, is made up of so many generous and uh, individuals, the salts of the earth, mm -hmm. um, you know, you know, blue-collar community. We, mm -hmm. we, we build things with our hands. Uh, but the other thing, too, is that we're not a small community. Um, no. You know, Most people think we are. People think we are. We are the, probably one of the smallest, uh, you, know, you know, we have a, we have a small-town feel for being a big city. Yes. But, like, you know, Bakersfield is uh, the ninth-largest city in California growing. Kern County is, um, is, is rapidly uh, expanding as well. Um, you know, we're a very dynamic place. Yes. And so uh, I'm excited to, um, to see what happens in the future. And, you know, I'm excited to be able to help chart uh, what the next uh, 10, 15, 20 years of, of our community will be. Mm -hmm. So do you see your, well, I don't want to ask too much about the future, but you are content with, with staying in Bakersfield. Would oh, you, I love you, this community. Would you want to live here the rest of your life? Absolutely, if okay. I can. I mean, and that's, 
That is one of the biggest concerns that I have as, as someone who represents um, our community in state California is what does California look like mm -hmm. uh, and, and what will it be uh, in the future and will, will people want to stay here? Mm -hmm. um, you know, as the cost of living goes up, as, um, as the affordability crisis in our state um, intensifies, you know, there are more people that probably see their future not in California mm -hmm. or they don't believe that their kids will be um, uh, living in California mm -hmm. in the future. They're going to go away and they're going to and not come back. And, and that is, um, you know, that is not something that I feel is um, a positive thing when it comes to our state. I want, I want our, our most talented um, students, you know, they, I want them to have opportunities to go to, to colleges and universities and, 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 and get career opportunities elsewhere. But I, eventually I would love for them to come back to, to, uh, to our community and start their businesses here, raise their families here, um, buy homes here, um, and, and give and, and have that, uh, have their kids have opportunities like they had. So, you know, long term, you know, that's what I envision for our community. And, uh, hopefully, uh, we can get back to that. Unfortunately, I think the, because of the policies that have, that have come out of Sacramento, um, it's made it very difficult for people to stay in California. And you I think, saw a great exodus about two years ago. I think it continues. I think it, yeah, I, exactly. I mean, I think the, I think the exodus was happening because of you know the tax burden, the regulatory burden. You know, if you're a business owner, um, you know, why would you uh, have your business here when you can um, you know it could thrive somewhere else? And mm -hmm. so, trying to improve the business climate um, certainly is is a necessity. But then if you look at the census data, you know, those who um, are the middle class to, to um, you know, and, and, and low income families, you know, they need uh, opportunities and um, they're being uh, priced out of California and they're leaving California as, as fast as everyone else mm -hmm. because they can afford to live in another state. Um, and they're cheaper. For much cheaper and, um, and, they'll, and there's more job opportunities for them. Mm -hmm. Like you saw, like a lot of people from Bakersfield, they you saw them going to um, states like Idaho, Montana, Texas, Florida, and, and that's because it's more affordable over there. Absolutely, I mean, that's that's a big, uh, a, a big, a big um, huge concern because huge. I mean here taxes are it, they're pretty expensive. I mean, what is it? Is it eight point two five percent on on a sales on sales? If you here? if you look at if you look our, at our tax burden, California has probably one of the highest uh, tax burdens of any state in in. Country, mm -hmm. uh, whether it be gas taxes, income tax, personal income taxes, uh, you know, corporate taxes, and so that's the thing. They, there, there are real world consequences um, to the policies that come out of Sacramento, mm -hmm. and I and I think a lot of a lot more people are paying attention to what's happening in our state government, and and that is something that you know we've kind of prided ourselves on. And so, you know, we want more transparency. We want people to understand and know what's happening. Um, in Sacramento so they, they can see and they can change it. Mm -hmm. Nothing that happens um, is, is, is so rigid that it can't be changed. It just requires um, the public to engage and, and be partners with us to, and, to make those changes. Okay, and with, with talking about the public being engaged, have you found that the public has become more disengaged lately? I mean, within like the last couple of years with the pandemic and even before that, or have they become more engaged? I think the public has become more engaged, okay. which is, I think, a positive trend. Um, now, as they begin to, 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 to see and understand what's going on in 
their state government. Mm -hmm. I don't think they like what they're seeing, and I think they're now engaging to try to change it. So when it comes when it comes to education, when it comes to um, you know what what's happening to our small businesses, when it happens, what's happening with um, a whole host of issues, I think the more that people are are wanting to change things for the better. I think that's a positive thing. I mean, I, I think that in the past, there has been a lot of apathy, mm-hmm. uh, or there's been just more focus on on, on um, different levels of government. I think, you know, when you talk to folks, you know, they're paying attention to what's going on nationally mm-hmm. um, with with Congress and the Senate and um, what's going on with, with uh, what the president's doing and what's happening around the world. But I think when you talk about, when you, when you, when you, you run into someone and you say, hey, like, what are you concerned about? I mean, they're, they're mentioning a lot of issues that are very, very specific and very local, whether it's homelessness, public safety, um, you know, affordability crisis, um, you know, drought, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, wildfire prevention. Now, all of those things are very, very specific to California. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my, my message to them is like, yeah, like all those issues are, are hugely important and they're not dictated by what's going on in Washington, D.C. per se, it's actually what's, they're, they're being dictated by what's happening in mm-hmm. California and Sacramento. That's an important message. I feel like when you see like, oh my gosh, taxes are high, it's hard to afford this, you have, you see homelessness, you, you, I think many people are quick to say, oh, the, the federal government's got to do something about it, the U.S. government has to do something about it, but really a lot of those problems can be solved and, and even addressed by this, the state government first. Oh yeah, state government, local government. Okay. I mean, like, that's the thing, like, um, like public safety, for example. Uh, you know, we, we, I certainly have been trying to provide our, our local law enforcement with, with more resources. But at the end of the day, we need more police officers. We need more sheriff's deputies. We also need more accountability. Yeah. And, and we've seen this trend over uh, the years where, you know, the laws have been changed, unfortunately, that have kind of removed all consequences um, to, to, to those who committed crimes. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing um, what's happening. And that, feeling the ramifications of that, we're yeah. See, we're, we're feeling and seeing the ramifications of it. And so now we have to, you know, uh, we have to kind of undo a lot of the things that have happened. We need to, you know, some of the penalties have to go back up from misdemeanors to felonies. Mm-hmm. Um, we see the, the, the uh, you know, every single day probably a story about a smash and grab or shoplifting mm-hmm. uh, uh, situation. Things that are bananas. I mean, look at the, what's going on in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they have such a bad problem. There are people who... Um, aren't familiar with San Francisco who don't live in California. I mean, they're, they have a really bad, I think, homelessness out of control. You can do drugs recreationally, like something called like a safe space, I believe. That's a law that, uh, a no, that's, law. A, that's a bill that's actually, um, it's not a law yet. Uh, we're trying to stop it, but it is a, it's a bill that is, is moving to the legislature that allows um, individuals to, uh, to do uh, drugs in open spaces mm-hmm. and it, driven by uh, uh, what's happening in San Francisco. You know that is, I think, the wrong direction for for our state. But again, these are these are the real debates that are happening right now um, in California in the legislature. Mm-hmm. And you know we've seen the the pendulum swing too far when it comes to um, to um, a lot of these uh, lax laws uh, or the removal of consequences, as I said before. And so now we're going to have to like, you know, if if. If we can't change the laws, then I think the public has to step in, and, and maybe we have to do it through initiative, or um, you know, uh, 
collect signatures to, to get those laws changed, but we, we can't, the status quo is not working. Mm -hmm. Well, I think people are getting tired of it because I think they recalled the DA of San Francisco. We called the DA of San Francisco, and I think, uh, and, and I think they're counting the signatures right now in Los Angeles to oh, wow. see if, if uh, that recall is going to happen. So you see the public engaging, you see mm -hmm. the public waking up, um, and I think it's a reminder that at the end of the day, the power rests with the people. And also, speaking of recalls, I mean, I think Californians are getting uh, fed up and they, they want to change because, I mean, last year at this time we had um, um, our, the governor got recalled as well. So you, you're starting to see a trend of recalls here, which when, when you know, politicians get recalled, I think it shows people's, you know, it, it shows their sentiments. They're unhappy with certain things that are going the, on. The public is sending a message. Yes. Now, we have, we have uh, the election happening in November. That is the biggest message I think that that uh, or the biggest opportunity that mess that that uh, Californians have or and Americans have across mm -hmm. the country to send a message to say do they like the direction of our country or in our state and if if they don't then they can exercise um, uh, their power in, in you know in the voting booth mm -hmm. and um, and I think we are seeing you know if you look at uh, the data you hear from 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 you know from residents throughout California, um, you know they're 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 clearly upset and they don't believe the direction of our state um, is going in the right direction. And so, for us, it's like if you want the direction of, of our state to change, then we've got to um, we got to send a message to our elected officials. And that's through voting. Through voting and through calling your elected officials and and, and, and you know. Since you've been working here this summer, I'm, I'm sure you've, you've gotten a lot of emails and letters yeah. and correspondence. Um, you know, I travel up and down the state um, went during session uh, and, and, of course, uh, throughout our community. And that's one of the critical uh, parts of being an elected official is, that is, is listening to the community and understanding what, um, what, what, what concerns them. And, you know, what I'm hearing is not unique just to the Central Valley. You know the concerns about homelessness, the concerns about public safety, the concerns about inflation. That is throughout the state of California. Mm -hmm. That's throughout the country. Right, right. It's interesting. I mean, I mean, I think people are, are they've been unhappy for for a couple of years now. But I think different things that have happened in the state and even the country have it. it people, it, it's increased their their un, their irritation and their unhappiness, and, and they want to change. And Absolutely. I, think, I mean, if people want to change, I mean. It's 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 midterms this year. I mean, in terms, it, it's awesome. I mean, all these politicians are for re-election. If you don't, if you want something to change, you have the power to do that. That's right. Through and, voting. And I mean, at the beginning of this year, I mean, we were working really hard to to get, um, you know, everyday Californians to run for office, mm -hmm. and that's an, another aspect of it. I mean, yes, we want people to vote, but we also have to. We need talented people to run for office. And that and those two things go together. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of people are like, well, there's no one. I don't know about. There's. I don't know. I want to run, or there's no one good to, to, uh, to, to vote for. Well, maybe you're the one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now you are. Uh, you're a Republican in the uh, in the state assembly of yes. California. What made you? Um, um, what made you want to be Republican, or what made you? have conservative values and views sure did you always grow up conservative or did no, you my, pa my parents were uh relatively apolitical i don't remember having a, a political conversation with my parents my father was a registered republican my mother was very apolitical 
um, you know, uh, and mean that she wasn't really she, involved. she wasn't really involved in politics. I mean, I was probably the first in my family to to really get involved in, in politics. And you know, I I uh, got interested in current events when I was in high school. Uh, I did speech and debate um, at West High, and so you know, I got I was reading the newspaper every day. I was trying to pay attention to current events. Um, and then, you know, and those are like, and of course, and when you're in the high school and college, those are kind of your, your formative years. Mm -hmm. But as you get more life experience, um, you know, you kind of take that, take all those experiences and that kind of frames, um, you know, your view of, of how things should be in, in, in the world. Um, so, I, and then of course, I did a number of internships um, with, with Congressman Bill Thomas and with, you know, and then I ended up working for, uh, working on the Hill. And so, you know, as I was gathering information and, and kind of um, examining different policies, you know, most of the policies and most of the the uh, arguments that I found uh, most persuasive were um, were from the, the free market uh, perspective that I believed in personal responsibility and personal initiative. Um, and so, and so those kind of led me on a, on, based on those principles to the Republican Party. Mm. Uh, and so, as I as I you know now an elected official, I, I take those same principles and I um, and I use them to to kind of um, frame the solutions to to what's going on right now. But you know, going up and in in and doing my my studies and, and looking out looking out in, in into the society, it's like you know what are the things what are the solutions I'm gravitating to, mm -hmm. and that's what led me to to be a Republican. And was that, did you finally start realizing that when you were in college or in high school or like even afterwards when you started interning for different politicians? I, I think I, I, I was grounded in it in college. Mm -hmm. You know, I think as I went through life, you know, you, know, you buy your first car, you buy your yeah. first house, you know, you, uh, you start your career uh, and then you're interacting with different people. Um, you know, you say, oh my gosh, like, yeah, the, we, the, how am I going to... Um, like that solution, we should probably reduce taxes. We probably should reduce tariffs. We probably need to, you know, the more that government gets larger, uh, I never saw it get better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so a lot of the solutions that were, that were, um, that made the most sense were driven by the local community that were driven by, um, you know, the, the free market. And so that was what drove me to to be a Republican. Interesting. And then you got your, you, you interned for an old congressman, Bill uh, Thomas. Bill Thomas was, so Bill McCarthy. Yeah, my career was very interesting because yeah. I've seen, I, I, when I served, when I worked for Bill, uh, he was on the end of his career. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, he was probably at the pinnacle of his career. So I saw, um, saw uh, it from that perspective. And then having worked for Kevin, you know, from from the very beginning, seeing um, someone rise, mm -hmm. um, you know, from being a freshman member to to now where he is today. So I've seen, uh, you know, both both uh, both aspects of, of political careers, and then of course having my own. Um, you know, it's 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 unique to to start as a you know freshman assembly member, and now in my in my th uh, third term. And it's interesting because you know in Sacramento we have term limits, and right. so I am now. Um, in the middle of, of, of my 12 years. So you're halfway done. Halfway done if I, if, if, if I continue to serve my full 12 years. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm kind of seen as like kind of the elder, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, statesperson versus, you know, all the kind of the new elected uh, individuals coming in. So it is kind of an interesting 
uh, dynamic. But you know, people come to the people evaluate and come to uh, at the, at people's political views. You know, change. You know, over time. But at the end of the day, I always say that you want to be grounded in core principles. And whatever those core principles are leads you uh, into 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 different. Um, uh, you know, perspectives and, and different uh, solutions. And uh, for me, you know, starting uh, from my career to now, or starting or starting my uh, career to now, you know, I've 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 seen us move away from free market principles. I've seen, um, uh, our, you know, we and because you know, look at what's going on right now with inflation and it's crazy. And, it's four year high. Four year high and. And that's and we warned about those things. Mm -hmm. We warned about the fact that you got you have to have you. It has to be grounded. The policies that we do have to be grounded in like economics and and, and market principles. And you know we we're, the economy is is has overheated and we've the supply the money supply has gotten too large and and so now we ha we have these challenges um, when it comes to like you know public safety. Right, there has to be personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. uh, if you remove if you remove accountability from anything, right then. We don't, we don't have the rule of law, and, we, and we, there's there's consequences to that, and so that's well, mm -hmm. and that's the thing you see in government, but especially in the federal government. I mean, it, it, I feel like it lacks a lot of accountability within politicians. You know, like I feel like some things are overlooked, or some things are just kind of like shoved under the rug, where it allows for certain uh, behaviors to progress, and then they become patterns. And then it's well, you, you want know, more. You definitely, you got, you got to have more transparency. I mean, that is that is. Something that has I believed in ever since I uh, entered public service. The public has to know what's happening, mm -hmm. and um, you know it's tough because there's so much going on in everyone's lives, right? I mean, I, I and I talk to, to to folks. It's like the last thing they want to do is is you know have to pay attention to to all the problems that are happening right <laughs> uh, going right now yeah yeah i mean there's so much going on and, mm -hmm. and of course people raising their families they're trying to go through school they're they're trying to 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 support themselves and, mm -hmm. and start careers there's a lot of things going on and so the last thing they want to do is like okay well you know i gotta add this whole different you know i gotta add the, put the political world into my in, in, into into my daily life but i think the What's happening is that people are beginning to realize that politics and what government is doing, the policies that are being um, passed or discussed or debated, they actually do affect their daily lives in a significant way that, hey, I've, I've, I really need to uh, begin to um, pay attention and, and shape what's happening before they, they actually become laws. How can someone realize you know, or just become more aware of, of like the political context and the climate of what's going on when they're so busy and they're so wrapped up with having to take care of their different responsibilities. Well, you know, I, when I started my, uh, when I started my career, I mean, someone, I, I asked this question to someone that said, you know what, do you, do you read the newspaper every day? Do you, do you, do you uh, pay attention to the news? And you know, I was in high school, right? So I was like, yeah. oh, well, maybe I should start doing that. So, you know, reading the newspaper, uh, paying attention to the news that's happening just in our community. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not even saying, uh, you know, if you, yeah, I mean, add in uh, what's going on in the state and add in what's going on in, across the country. You know, paying attention to what's going on is critically important, but, you know, at at its core, it's like, like what's happening in your neighborhood, what's happening in your schools, what's mm -hmm. happening in uh, our city, in our county. I mean, that's, that's critically important. Um, and then, of course, understanding uh, how, how 
they inter those problems interact with what's happening in the state of California um, is, is important too. So, you know, the, 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 the public safety concerns here in our community are, have been made worse because the bad policies have been signed by the governor uh, over the years that have um, allowed crime to increase. And so you begin to see the interactions between what's happening locally and what's happening in the state of California uh, in that one particular issue. They're connected. They're all connected. You know, and it, it, same thing was when we talked earlier about the supply chain. You know, the, you go to Target and there's nothing, There's the shelves are empty. Yeah. You say, well, why can I get, why are, why are my products not arriving to the stores? Mm -hmm. And then you begin to realize, like, well, the, the, the products come from somewhere, you know? With the shipping, there's the shipping problem that, that we were talking about earlier. Exactly, the warehouse is the warehouse open long Exactly, long. exactly. Wow. So, uh, and so that's the thing. I, I, I've always tried to, when I, when I talk to folks, you know, link it to, because that's why, it's, why, that's why these policies are important, because they, have, they affect your daily life. Right. Um, you know, we have communities in the Central Valley right now that are running out of water. Mm -hmm. they, they, they're trying to turn on um, uh, the, you know, to try and turn on hot water, cold water, and there's nothing coming out. Mm. And then they realize, well, where does our water come from? You know, our water is coming from the state water project. And so it has to move from uh, the Northern California area and then through the Delta, uh, through this, through all these reservoirs and canals that, that connect um, our water system. And then that's how we, that's how all that water arrives into our communities. Well, you were talking about droughts earlier. I mean, we, we are, by the Pacific Ocean, couldn't we extract water from the Pacific Ocean and then purify it? Or is that, I've heard that's a complex, well, desalinization, expensive process. So desalinization is, is, uh, is the technology that we probably should be investing in. Mm -hmm. uh, there's there's uh, large desalinization, which is uh, taking the water from the ocean, removing the, 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 the salt content, and, and of course using it in our communities. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's regional desalinization, like we got brackish water that that um, that uh, we pull out of the, the ground. We can clean that up mm -hmm. um, and, and use it ourselves. We can collect storm water. We can recycle the water um, that we use in our homes. So all of those things are are, are technologies that we should be investing in. And as, it, yeah, with the, with something like the drought, it's many different like solutions that can solve that. You're absolutely, about recycling, desalination, de 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 it was called. A desalinization. D, okay, and then uh, so there's many different things that we can do. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're, I mean, our 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 desire, our goal for us as a state is to have a, a safe, uh, an affordable, and reliable supply, uh, supply of water, mm -hmm. and that and that water comes from many different sources. The main source of water, of course, comes from Mother Nature, mm -hmm. uh, with snow and rain. Um, it happened. It, you know, it snows and rains in Northern California, and then we move that water through uh, our state water project in the Central Valley. Uh, water project, and that's the our main source of of uh, water. And then, of course, we're adding to it through various sources. But 26 million Californians get their water from the State Water Project, and so that project in of itself, that all those canals and reservoirs are really, really important. Um, and so, you know, when we have um, you know the, the the budget surplus that we have right now, you know, that's what we're trying to make those investments one time. You know, improve the conveyance system so that we can actually move water around. Mm. Uh, the budget, you know, as the vice chair of the budget, like that's the the one area that uh, I'm probably biased in, but that is probably one of the most important, um, you know, frameworks that we debate and discuss in the state legislature because the budget determines what we invest in, what we don't invest in, 
and how we how we tackle all these critical issues. And you said that, or we didn't mention it, but I heard that we had a, what was it two hundred billion in in in. And a surplus? We have 90, uh, the surplus this year is 97 billion. Oh, 97 The budget billion. itself, the, the total budget of California, the one that was um, that was passed is uh, 300 billion. Okay. Um, so $300 billion, um, our two biggest expenditures are education and healthcare, mm -hmm. and then it cascades down. But, um, you know, it's, it's interesting, like, I'll, I'll challenge, uh, you know, your, your, your listeners and viewers, like, you know, write down your top 10 priorities for the state of California. Right, right. And then compare it to what we actually invest in and what we spend money on and see if they they overlap, see if they they relate to each other. Because I bet you most people would say, okay, education, healthcare, transportation, you know, roads and highways, um, public safety. I mean, th those would be the things that I would probably list in my, mm -hmm. in my top 10. And then people would be surprised of what we actually do spend our money on and what those top 10. And what are those are. things, some of those things? Uh, well, education and healthcare being one, okay. I think there's a lot when it, does, when it comes to um, uh, the the environment and there is a significant amount of money that goes to infrastructure, but infrastructure in and of itself is probably not as high as people think. Mm -hmm. Like I would say that we should be spending more on um, our roads and our bridges. I think we should be spending more in our, certainly in our, our now our port infrastructure. Um, we should be, um, you know, we, we be expanding our, our wildfire prevention programs. You know, and so you, you list the crises and then you list of what we're spending resources on, then you, you, you probably see a little bit of a disconnect. And I think that's the, the, the frustrating thing for a lot of folks. Um, when they really dig uh, into it, um, is that, Okay, it's crisis, but we don't, we don't, we're not, we're not investing resources at, at the level that we think mm -hmm. we should. Um, uh, but on the on the on the flip side, this is the other. Um, this is the one thing I always feel uh, is a, a little bit of a trap that happens in Sacramento is that people define success a lot of times based on just the amount of money that we spend. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, well, we're spending all this money. So we've, we're solving that problem, right. where in reality, that's not necessarily true. We could be spending a lot of resources, but are we using it effectively? Mm -hmm. um, and so that's where the oversight and the transparency and the audits that need to be done to ensure that um, um, the money that's coming into the city of California is used effectively. Because the money that comes in the, into Sacramento is not Sacramento's money. It's, it's money that comes yeah. from you and, 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 money, yeah. and, and everyone else, all of us, right? And so those are precious tax dollars that go into Sacramento um, that that needs to be allocated and invested properly. Mm -hmm. And if um, we are investing resources and the problems are getting worse, then we need to begin to reevaluate that. Mm -hmm. I see. Uh, there's so much, so much. It's so complex. There's so many different moving parts. There's, there's so much parts. that we don't know. But if we like take our time to really research things and dig up things, I feel like we can form some type of comprehension. Well, I think that's that's why it's important for everyone to stay engaged. But remember, that's why it's important to to for for folks. We that's why we need talented people to to um, to be public servants, mm -hmm. right? Because the way our system of government functions is that we elect people to be their voice mm -hmm. in in Sacramento, in Washington D.C., on school boards, on city councils, right. on on the board of supervisors. I mean, those are those are the individuals that that. Um, have power loaned to them to make decisions on the community's behalf. And that's why it's important um, 
for those who have considered or haven't considered ever running or engaging in um, into the public sphere, you know, something that may be something that may be interested in the future. Interesting, interesting. Well, as we start to wind down, um, I mean, it's been super informative with politics and, and budget and, and, and supply chain and water. Like I learned a whole lot about water. I was like, wow, that's crazy. But I mean, what's one uh, like last thing or piece of wisdom you could tell young people out there? Well, it can be anything. It can be anything. Could be anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, my advice uh, to um, to young people is to to be to, to engage in the community. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm I'm a I'm a big uh, believer that everyone um, needs to be uh, can participate should participate in the community. Uh, you don't have to be an elected official to be a leader in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so stay involved in the community. Um, that is is my message. And then, of course, I'm a, a huge advocate um, in civics education. And so understanding how our government functions, understanding how our institutions um, operate um, is critically important. I've, I've seen this over the past uh, two or three years that, you know, people are paying more attention to the way our government operates. And a lot of times they get frustrated on how slow or fast things happen. And, and, and there's a lot of times, um, you know, our system of government is, was designed to be that way. It was designed to to incorporate ideas from all sides. Um, I have this growing concern that a lot of times people um, say, well, if the, if the institution makes a decision that I don't agree with, that somehow the institution is bad. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily true. It's that the institutions are made up of the people that are elected or that are, uh, and, and so we have to, if we, if, we have, if we don't like the outcome, then of course it's our responsibility to engage um, and maybe get a different outcome. And but, then people, I mean, and then you can vote two years later or four years later, whether, whether it's midterms or exactly, election. Exactly. So, 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 so civics education is really important. I mean, I, I encourage everyone to, to, um, to learn more about how our government system operates, but then in, in our founding documents and, and what makes our, our country and our state um, uh, go. And then, in terms of um, in terms of just my, my general message, everyone is just you know, get involved in the community in right. some ways, whether it's a charity, a church, an, an organization, um, you, know, you know, volunteering for for uh, um, a cause they believe in, um, or uh, getting involved in politics. Because things like that, they promote leadership and responsibility. And those are things that we're going to incorporate the rest of our lives, whether it's when we work at nine to five, when we raise a family, if we start a business. If we're hosting a podcast, I mean, exactly. you're getting involved. You're learning different. Absolutely, different absolutely. This, this is probably one of the the kind of the. Well, I don't know if it's how easy it is. You make it look easy, but <laughs> um, it's one of the ways of, of educating the the uh, the community. Broad, actually, I'm sure you have listeners and, and viewers, not only just unique to 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 Kern County, but probably all over the globe. And that's kind of how amazing technology. Um, has, has allowed us to be able to do that. Uh-huh, oh, 100%, but I, mean, I, but I mean, like, people like you make that process, you know, easier. They kind of facilitate it. Well... I mean, I can offer an insight or an intuition about water and supply chain issues and warehouse and 24-7, like, all that, all that stuff. I mean... Well, we're all, like, for someone like me, we're always looking for ways to, to communicate mm-hmm. um, information. Um, and, of course, I tell folks all the time, like, you know, if you agree or disagree with me, you know, go out and do the research uh, um, yourself and, and, and come and, and let me know. Uh, but 
like as elected officials, you know, we make decisions on the best information possible. Right. Um, and and we do our best to try to collect as much as much information to to, to come to um, the best policy decision. Uh, sometimes I disagree with some of the decisions that are made by a lot of my colleagues, but that's part of the debate. That's mm -hmm. part of the conversation um, that that needs to be had. That's how our system of government operates. Hundred percent. Now, where can the people find you besides Sacramento and the State Assembly House or well, the I, State Capitol? I'm I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, you can call the I'm in the phone book. If anyone uses the phone book or I'm on online. What's you, that? Yeah, uh, you can you call the office, email. I mean, we, we try to make ourselves a, as accessible as possible, but encourage everyone to reach out to us and and uh, and state their opinion. And it's out of Vince Fong at your name. Uh, it's uh, let's see. My email is assemblymember.fong at uh, at um, assembly.ca.gov. Um, I've got multiple uh, Twitter handles, um, <laughs> one on the official side, one on the, the my personal mm -hmm. uh, Instagram, uh, you know, Vince Fong 661, what else? Uh, he's um, on Instagram, just look him up. It's yeah, I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. Yeah, he's everywhere. Well, uh, thank you. I wish you the best with, you know, your reelection and the campaign that's always stressful and going out and about and uh, and just with, you know, making different policies and decisions at the Absolutely. Center. And I tell everyone should subscribe and tune into the podcast. <laughs> there we go. That's a plug. Um, all right. Thank you, folks. And uh, thank you. Thank so you. Long, and exactly. we'll see you around. All right.